Welcome to the Let's Grow Podcast. Today we have our good friend of the show, Josh Waring, host of the Creative Maestro Podcast. And in it, we discuss a whole range of issues from Elon Musk, Uber's fight with California State, and how it almost ceased operations. We talk about Elon Musk Neuralink, the brain interface company that he has, the banning of TikTok, and how Microsoft is trying to acquire it. And we dive deep into the future of humanity. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. Uh, what's up, Josh? We were just talking. Scott Bike back uh, not too long ago from my Bike Across America trip. Yeah. It was amazing. It was. Uh, I suggest anyone who wants a big goal in life to do something really, really tough to do that. It's you're going to see things you never thought was were possible. You're going to see some beautiful, the most beautiful things you've seen in your life, uh, and then you're also going to go to the most mental strain you've ever been in your life, and have to prove yourself mentally tough to get through it. So it's something like when you ride your bike across America, you're in so much pain, and you get you go through so much stuff that you never thought that you'd go through uh mentally and physically that when you get back nothing is going to affect you Mm. so you're 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 fine life throws its biggest problems at you you just laugh and you shrug it off so when i hear people complain about insignificant things like oh my boyfriend's being a jerk or uh, you know i my netflix show is getting canceled oh my gosh what am i gonna do (laughs) i just start laughing like come on man come on yeah or you know even even things like oh i don't have enough money for you know whatever i just start laughing like it's money's always going to come and go man it's it's the experiences that last a lifetime absolutely that's what builds the character and that that's what builds that you know perseverance to, to attract things like money and to overcome those things because that's literally what life is all about and growing and and yep. mat- manifesting so that's dope and now he's back in the city of angels with that beard looking luxurious. Look like you about to lead the Spartans, my bro. I uh, I got it cut two days ago because when I was on my bike trip, my partner, Mike, he goes, he goes, dude, you look like you're homeless, man. You <laughs> really need to cut that beard. Uh, and so I went to a place in Missouri. Don't even know where I was at. Walked in. I said, I, I need a beard, you know, trim because I look like Forrest Gump. <laughs> Closed my eyes, dozed off because I was exhausted. I still had to go right afterwards. That was like a little pit stop. And I opened my eyes, and this dude had he gave me the Abraham Lincoln Billy Goat. No way. So my beard was long, and it was like he baked. The first thing he did was he cut all this off. You can see the skin. No way. He left all this, so it was straight and like it was very bushy. And he cut out. I have my handlebars already. He cut everything off. I was so mad, man. Oh, so I had man. to go two days ago and get it reshaped because it just wasn't growing right. But now we're good to go. Absolutely. And I just wanted to shout out Mike as well and give uh, my special condolences because I know Merlin passed away, which is his dog. So I just wanted to shout out Mike as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike is a trooper, man. He's he definitely uh, helped me on the bike on the bike ride. Definitely couldn't have done it without him. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to Mike. Or, or as I call him, Country Mac. When he's <laughs> in the country, he changes from Mike. Mike's city boy. I don't like Mike. I like Mac. Mac is very patriotic. He's like, he turns into a different guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then he comes back to Mike. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the first order of business is what's really affecting your state, California, which is the ride sharing uh, Armageddon, if you will, with Uber and Lyft possibly having to stop operation in california what is it like out there because i feel like the ride sharing apps have such great 
is is received so well by everyone especially in california yeah so what happened was for anyone not not living in california is they passed a law uh that basically says that you have to if you work for a company you have to be a w2 employee Mm. basically outlawing all gig workers not just uber i mean if i hire someone to do a job for me i have to hire them as an employee it, it gets really tricky wow it was meant just to be the big con so basically it was meant to be so that you don't work all your life and have no retirement like social security etc but i forget some a figure is something like 50 percent of all people are now gig employees meaning they just they work for themselves they do gigs but they're not an actual employee of anyone so imagine myself being a marketer you know i have to go hire someone to make let's just say a brand new sales page for me what am i supposed to do am i supposed to hire him as an employee pay taxes on him and then fire and like let him go after he's done doing it's it's really tricky man so uber and lyft obviously they're they're all gig uh gig employers and state said you can't do that anymore you're gonna have to figure out a way to make them in your employees and give them benefits and things like that and pay taxes on it wow and they said cool which is we're not going to do that and it happened in austin where uh about a year ago or so or two years ago rather where uber and lyft were they couldn't operate in austin texas and what happened was a lot of other independent software companies made something very similar to uber and lyft came in even uh, uh, one of them was called Austin Rideshare or something where it was a nonprofit. The problem was the software wasn't as good as Uber's. I mean, they've poured millions and millions of dollars into the software. So after about a year-long battle, Uber came back, and they just decimated every, every other Rideshare software, and now they're back. Wow. So what, we, what happened in California was we, we got an app. The companies are smart. They use their massive database of customers to piss them off so that they write their congressman or their state assemblyman. Basically, say send a notification out to everyone's. I mean, think about how many how many millions of people use Uber and Lyft in California, mm-hmm. saying hey, we might be shut down because this is the reason why. So of course everyone gets mad, and a judge order a stay. Uh, meaning you can't. He's not deciding now because of you know coronavirus. They don't want to do something like this that drastic when people don't even have food or uh, money. So they granted an extension now. And then Uber sent out another notification to say, don't worry, we're going to, we're still in business. You can still use us. Wow. I mean, I just feel like they're kind of messing up a, a wonderful thing because think about how many, you know, contractors and, essentially entrepreneurs that were created because of uber and lyft like they're essentially like ibos yeah it's it's tricky man because every car is going to be self-driving in a few years Mm -hmm. right thanks to elon right (laughs) thanks to elon musk now human beings should not spend their lives as drivers right that's not what we're meant to do sure you might love driving and drive for fun but as a job like, yes, it's a job, but you should you could be doing something better with your time instead of having to make money. So when Tesla releases it, their self, full self-driving capability, which, uh, as you know, is coming this year, he says, by, by December, every Tesla that's driving, this, this, this is crazy. So let me explain this. Elon Musk made a bunch of cars. They're all Teslas. 
they all connect to via wireless to the internet and that's how they get software updates on their cars just like your iphone right mm -hmm. so what he's doing is he's using the eight cameras i think it's eight or 12 cameras on teslas and they're recording everything that you do and they feed it back to a central neural network at tesla factory ai nice. so they're exactly so they're taking all this real life data running it through a processor and figuring out how to make the car drive itself better wow they're taking accidents because there's things that you can't simulate in a computer yes such as things jumping out in the road or trees that look more like this there, there's so many little tiny things that happen shadows hitting things in certain ways that a computer can't simulate so what they do is they go great we got we got a million cars on the road take all that data run it through our neural network and we're training our software with different scenarios to be, be better to be a better driver so Essentially, drivers are paving the way to the driverless car. Nice. They're basically giving Elon Musk, I'm going to drive, give you the information, and get rid of my my driving car. Wow. So that's basically is, is what's happening. And uh, he even said what they're going to do is he's launching his own version of Uber. Okay. It's called the Tesla fleet. Oh, wow. Pending. But you cannot use or Tesla with any other ride-sharing app. Meaning, if you, have, you can't use it with Uber, you can't use it with Lyft, only Tesla. So he already has a million cars in his network. And what he says is he is raising the price of the full self-driving, meaning it's just literally, it's a software update where your car drives itself. Every year, he's raising it $1,000. And the reason he's doing that is because he goes, look, this is an investment. A car is a depreciating asset, but your Tesla is going to make you money. Uh, so what he's doing is he's making it possible. So let's say you go to work at 9, 9 a.m. and you have a Tesla. On your app, you tell the car, go drive yourself, go drive people around, and be back at 6 p.m. Oh, man. So imagine you're at work, working, and your car is out making you money. And it returns right exactly when you need it to. And you make money off of it. <laughs> brilliant on the on the order of about a hundred thousand dollars a year if you have a full-time self-driving uh tesla no way 100 grand a year wow and what he's doing is right now i think a uber mile is like 125 ish plus whatever fees they add on right he's gonna make it he said he wants to make it one quarter per mile okay wow now think about that if you have a quarter a mile let's say you want to go to vegas let's just say 350 miles that's about 30 bucks to get to vegas no in an uber way. 30 bucks the fact that it's under a hundred dollars yeah wow i mean that's that sounds like something right, 75 dollars right i mean, imagine uber to vegas right now is like 350 bucks right <laughs> well probably like 450 500 now because the prices are up Exactly. I mean, that, that sounds like Elon, right? So essentially, he's getting exabytes of data, right? And getting his supercomputer, his neural network to essentially learn itself, which is the core of AI for it to think and reason and develop instincts similar to, you know, human beings. And then 
the fact I'm thinking about right now, going back to one of our favorite places in the world, Scandinavia, specifically Norway, where they absolutely love electric cars. Launch something like this here. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly what you said in Norway. Tesla was the most selling car in Norway. Mm -hmm. That's electric and regular gas. It's and Norway has some of the best gas reserves in all of Europe. Exactly. They get their money. They have a massive oil reserve up there. Massive. And then they're actually, especially in Oslo, they're actually the the city's actually subsidizing, not subsidizing. They're actually they're uh, they're encouraging people to be more uh, to commute without driving as well. So it's kind of encouraging them to even have something like this, which would be even better. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's incredible. And Uber's direct competition, not direct, but closest competition would be Waymo right and Waymo is uh, I believe they're owned by Alphabet Mm -hmm. they had tons of investment tons uh now what they're doing is and I'm sorry just for people who don't know Alphabet is the company that owns Google essentially it was Google but Google turned themselves in the Alphabet and now Google is a subsidiary Alphabet my bad but continue correct no you're right so and they also own YouTube They, Mm -hmm. they basically own tons of stuff right Alphabet's like the big papa and I believe they invested in Waymo. If I'm not, if I'm incorrect, it's something like Ford or GM invested. A lot of companies invested in Waymo. Wow. And what they did is they're using what's called LIDAR. Mm. Laser interferometer LIDAR, whatever it stands for. And what it is, it costs about $10,000. And you put it on the top of your car. You might have seen these self-driving cars with like this big thing on top of them. Basically, it spins. It has, I forget how many revolutions per second. And it shoots out lasers in every direction and it bounces off buildings and things. And that's how it's able to drive itself. Hmm. Elon Musk goes, why would I spend $10,000 and have an ugly thing on the top of my roof? Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. I'll use $15 cameras and use software to make it better, which is insane. So Waymo goes, Elon Musk, you're, you're, you know, you're dumb. LIDAR is what you need. He goes, you guys are dumb. What you need is software, not hardware, because a LiDAR is a piece of hardware. And then Waymo, what they're doing is they're using simulated miles or simulated driving miles in order to train their neural network. And Elon Musk says, yeah, so are we. But we also have a billion miles of real world driving. So Waymo's saying we got six billion, or, you know, six billion miles of simulated driving elon musk says cool we have that plus a billion miles of real driving which you can't simulate in a computer they're going back and forth elon musk is kind of you know what he does he's just like yeah he goes that's stupid <laughs> Literally said, that's stupid and uh, now waymo's coming back and a company said that they can develop a lidar for five hundred dollars rather than ten thousand it, it's just a back and forth pr campaign against each other yeah it seems that way i mean and to be fair, I absolutely love what Alphabet and Google are doing in general and what they've done for the Internet and with technology. But I think uh, Elon and Tesla might have them outgunned here in this instant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing, and I'm sure you've seen this, is the amount of talent that they're getting. Oh, right. So one of my one of my best friends who is in the Air Force, he actually has a friend that works at Tesla. And he he tells me that they're recruiting the best of the best of the best, which is so exciting, right? That that's exactly what you want to invest in for a company, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's insane. They're they're not only are they taking all the best employees from other companies, but they're just getting those brand new graduates that are coming up and saying, "Boom!" So, uh, a good buddy of mine, and I can say this now because he actually doesn't work there anymore. Thank God. I never could talk about this because, but he started as a heavy lift operator at SpaceX. Ah. So basically, he would handle you know the cranes and the machines that pick stuff up and move it within their their factory. He got moved up because Elon Musk says, I don't care how little experience you have. As long as you have a good work ethic, I can teach that. I can't teach work ethic. I could teach systems and organization. He went up the ranks, and then he was actually the person who was assembling the Falcon 9. Like He was in there assembling all the completed parts into the rocket that wow. you see taking off into space. Wow. So, and, you know, you can talk. They have a very, very big policy on speaking to media or just talking about anything in general. So I was able to go and take a tour of, te- of, of SpaceX, like a private tour inside. What is it like? Dude, it, it is like, imagine a Walmart, okay? Like a big Walmart, because it's, it's the same size. Mm. But instead of Cheerios and vacuum cleaners and candy canes, there's rockets being built. <laughs> and there are no walls, okay? No. Like there are no partitions. The only partition is when they're working on the on the dragon capsule, which they have to insulate because of dust particles and things like that. But mm-hmm. you can literally walk up and touch the rocket that that's being built, like the rocket engine, they're right there, right in front of your face. You walk a little bit more, and you see the sheet metal, or rather the aluminum sheet being being uh, turned into the actual rocket body Forged, uh, yeah. you see the guys in a full space looking suits you know the the, the hazmat suits they look like hazmat suits mm-hmm. because they're in there assembling all the electrical wiring for the dragon capsule the things that the astronauts sit in then you go a little further and you see the 3d cutting material uh it's using like 3d printing rather to print these massively intricate pieces of machinery that go inside the rocket it's just it's incredible man that's very inspiring stuff. And I mean, now I'm looking at, you know, because even Uber and Lyft, if Tesla gets up and running with the Tesla fleet or whatever, you know, name pending, whatever it's called, that's going to be a serious competitor for them as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uber won't be able to compare because they don't have self-driving cars. They have drivers. So Uber's go-to-market strategy with self-driving cars is this. Wait till Waymo or any one of the other electric car startups or like Chevy or G, whatever, design a car and then spend all of their capital that, that they've raised on the market to buy a fleet of millions of cars. I can only imagine what that loan would be like. Wow. And then put those cars on the street with whatever software that any company developed to get to make it self-driving. That's their strategy. Tesla's like, we'll just keep making more teslas and keep selling more and then one day we do a software update just like you update your iphone and then boom now your car can drive itself and then drive other people game over exactly and i mean aesthetically it, it won't even compete because teslas look dope completely dope i honestly that is my next car that i'm gonna get is totally gonna be a tesla like that's it, it has replaced all of my dream cars because not only is it efficient it's well made and of course, as we all care about, it's helping the environment, which is the trend right now. So it's it's a to me it's a demographic home run for all demographics. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, what what Elon Musk said, and by the way, you can see this picture behind behind me. Oh yeah, I see it. <laughs> is um, he goes? I want to make this car the most fun car to drive. Mm. The absolutely, mo- not only the most, not only the fastest, the best pickup, the most reliable, and the safest, which it's all of those things, mm-hmm. but also the most fun because it's not a flashy car, right? They're all the exact same. It doesn't like, oh, you get this upgraded interior, blah blah blah. You got a few colors, and boom, take it. You're not driving it to sit on white or black or brown seats. You're driving it because what it what it does for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, what's cool is I'm, I'm sure you see his Twitter. Somebody will suggest something in, in a comment. Hey, can you add this? And he goes, "Yep, on it." And he has his software team just make it. Wow! Like the have you seen the the dog mode? No, what's that? Checklist? So basically, one day I'm, you know, reading his tweet, and some guy says, "Hey, it'd be nice if I can leave my dog in the Tesla, and then you can have like the AC turn on or something." And he goes, "On it." They release dog mode, so you you can leave your dog in the car. It sets the AC, plays music for the dog, and on the dashboard, the screen, which is like a big iPad, it says, "Don't worry, my owner." It says something like, "Don't worry, I'm okay. My owner will be right back." And then you can, it says AC on, music on, and the dog's chilling in the car. How thoughtful is that? It's all just software, man. It's crazy. That That is incredible. And I'm curious to see what he's going to do with the, you know, with this type of software in other instances. Like, I can't wait to see what he does with the loop that's going on and all everything else he's building. Like, it's going to be very inspiring stuff. Yeah. Actually, in fact, tomorrow at 3 p.m., they have the Neuralink uh, working prototype. I saw that on your story. Absolutely. Could you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, this is probably the, I mean, this guy is freaking insane, man. Just the fact that I'm talking about he's doing all this stuff at, at the same exact time. So basically, to start, the easiest way I can explain it is all you and I are doing right now and all anyone that's listening to this, all we're doing is we're sending each other information, mm-hmm. right? When I speak to you, there is a slit in my throat called my vocal cords. It gets longer and shorter, and I push air out at different uh, frequencies. And it goes into your ear, and you translate that into information that you learn. That's speaking. When you read a book, you're looking at little tiny scribbles of ink, and you're translating that into thoughts and figures and things like that. So... Our bandwidth for exchanging information is very slow. Right? I, if I, I, I can't talk faster than a normal pace. If I can, your brain probably won't understand what I'm saying, right? It's just, it's, it's very, it's, it's all we have right now. Now, think about if I ask you, hey, what was that like? Like, how was it running across America? There's no way that I can explain to you what it looked like. If you're like, how did it look? Well, there's, oh, there's beautiful trees and the sun, but it doesn't really explain what I was looking at. If I send you a picture on a phone, that's a lot more data that I just sent you. And you can see it, right? Because there's more bandwidth in internet uh, connectivity than there are than there is in human voice. So what Elon Musk said, he goes, okay, if we can only exchange this much information, like, you know, our bandwidth is low but I can send you an app that you can download and unpack on your phone. A phone is really just a brain with, with a finite amount of storage. And then we fill that storage with things that we find useful, apps and notes and songs. He goes, okay, so what if I can make the brain like a phone where 
you have unlimited storage, you can store it in the cloud and I can connect something to you. So you always have access to the internet. You don't have to have a phone in your hand, which is actually stupid when you think about it. We're holding a piece of like a, a square. So he started this company called Neuralink. And what it is, what it's doing is fixing this problem of connect uh, connectivity. So he's implanting a little tra- a little uh, electrode inside your brain. So there's a small incision made in your skull by a by a machine. I know it sounds crazy, and they put a little electrode right by your neurons by certain neurons. And when the electricity, you know, when the electrical impulses in your brain fire, it's so close to the neuron that it can actually pick up the electricity process it in this insane processing unit and then figure out what you're trying to do wow just just imagine that trying to really electricity and turn it into figuring out what you're thinking about um so practical applications in the very beginning will be helping people who can't speak anymore reading literally reading their thoughts and translating it into through a speaker so people can hear nice um, people who can't use their hands anymore and want to access a computer, but they can't, they have no use of their hands. You would use your brain to interface with the computer and then select what you want to select. So you think about the button and then that button would be pressed. Um, further applications down the line are sending, literally sending people thoughts. Like imagine, Hey, how was, how was a bar last night? I just, instead of sending you a video on my, on my phone, I just send you the entire memory. And then you'd be like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that sounds like Black Mirror. Exactly like oh, Black Mirror. Oh, man. Yep. Now, imagine imagine how many times couples get in fights because the girl is looking at a boyfriend. Tell me what you're doing. What are you hiding from me? Nothing. Here you go. Here's my thought. Relax. Whoop. Boom. <laughs> or, or, or what about lost in, commu- like lost in translation? Mm-hmm. You're not saying what you mean. You never. You don't communicate with me. Right? So it's just there's no use there's no need to use words anymore you just send her what you're thinking about yeah it's like a text message now <laughs> exactly so that that's Neuralink in a nutshell and apparently tomorrow he has a working prototype so interesting so yeah. does he have uh, or is he setting one up on his brain first if, or is one already there no he says he's not doing it on, on his brain till it's it's like till way later on okay he's gonna use guinea pigs <laughs> that's very wise i'm a i'm gonna yeah. let, let other people beta test that as well <laughs> man i want to be one of those imagine so what i always think about is this we go to school for say 15 years right mm-hmm. to learn everything that we know if you go to college let's say it's like a six year to get your master's whatever imagine if you wanted to be a surgeon all you would have to do is download the surgeon packet through the cloud into your brain and then unpack it just like an app and boom you would know exactly how to be a surgeon that's like the matrix yeah oh exactly man. like the matrix so think about that that's going to be a reality what's going to happen to schools when that happens you i mean there, i mean there will be no schools right because you can download a language oh i want to know portuguese there you go imagine a kid who's four years old and he knows as much as you do Oh wow! You know, imagine how, a little oh, kid. Because <laughs> you know, kids tell the truth. They're they, oh man, they're gonna oh that's gonna be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the big things that futurists futurists are people who think about the future and they try to figure out what's gonna happen to to humans is one of the biggest things is what's gonna happen to comedy, oh. jokes. Okay, 
because jokes is innuendo, right? And and it's made on perceiving life and people in general. What's going to happen to jokes and comedy? When everyone knows everything, imagine now people spend time and money learning things. What are you going to do if you don't have to learn anything? Right. What are we going to be? What, what are we going to do? What are we going to become? Yeah. That, anyone could be anything they want. That's pretty crazy to think. Exactly. So it's uh kind of reminds me of, you know, time before civilization where people would had more purpose in life and could do whatever they want without being part of the rat race. That's wow. Yep. And then let, if you want to take a little, like a little bit further, just to freak people more out that are listening. Now imagine you can store all your memories in the cloud, just like you have <sighs> iCloud, right? On your phone. What is death to us right now? You have brain death and you have physical death. Your body can be dead. But they, you know, people can be in a coma. Your body will never work again, but your brain is still functioning. It just has no, but your brain has no way to get its thoughts out because your body doesn't work. So your vocal cords don't work and your mouth and your eyes and your nose don't work, but your brain's fine. That's called physical death. But a brain death is when your brain actually dies, meaning it doesn't get oxygen and the cells literally just die inside your brain, which is what holds all of the memories and electricity, mm -hmm. right? Now, what if you can download your consciousness and all your memories into the cloud and your body dies, but you just download into a different body or a computer. You download your consciousness into a computer where you can just, it's a face talking. And then that means that there essentially is no more death. Absolutely. It's the uh, transhumanist theory. Thousand yeah. percent. And it kind of reminds me of Futurama because you had all those, uh, let's say, celebrities and presidents who had essentially what you're saying. They had their they were able to preserve their consciousness with their brains and just be in jars, essentially, which is very. Interesting. Oh, is that what they do? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like that. Yeah. Huh. I've never seen it. But yeah, they, they're right on right on the point. So then the futurists say that that's the way that humans are going to be able to explore the universe because our bodies are weak. We, we have no radiation shielding. Right. Just to get to Mars is going to take six months on the shortest route, six months. No one's ever been outside of, you know, I mean, we've been to, uh, to the moon and that's only 350,000 miles. You know, Mars is something like 9 million miles. Yeah, that's a lot of radiation. And if we think about it, I would say... Four, about, not 9 million, 40, about 48 million miles. Yeah. Because I would say even cockroaches have better radiation, you know, coverage than we yep. do. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It's just, um, you know, then you have what's called seed ships. So literally just getting even further down the, the crazy sci-fi hole. Imagine we had to go to a different star and a star is 5 million miles. But yeah, so imagine you had to go to a star, right? You had to, you had to escape Earth because Earth is going to, the sun's running out of fuel, helium. And you got to go to a different star and it's 5 million light years away, light years. Okay. It's 396,000 meters per second. You will never get there. A human body won't, won't last that long. Right, which we'll is deteriorate. Even if we able to live three hundred years, that's still a f tiny drop in how long it's going to take. But imagine you can send 
This is pretty crazy. Imagine you can send a ship to a different star. And you just, just literally just send a ship with like a body that's being preserved. No brain, nothing. And then they're able to shoot your consciousness to that ship to catch up with that ship about a 50 years before it gets to the to the star or the planet. Now your consciousness is being zipped through space at almost a speed of light. It hits the ship. It gets all your information and then boom, now it puts you into a body and you, and you walk up and you, know, you wake up and it seems like you just left a second ago, but now you've been traveling for a hundred thousand years, hits the ship. You're in a body and you're like, Oh, perfect. We're going to land on this star in 50 years. Wow. That's cool. That's so that's where they think humans will get to. Yeah. I, there are a lot of uh, sci-fi movies that, uh, and TV shows that, definitely have spoke you know spoke about those concepts so it's very exciting stuff to be in the future i mean and we we all know elon is definitely living in the future right now yeah that's why i have my uh hold on my background is elon musk <laughs> there you go he's uh, elon musk is the last thing i see before i go to sleep and the first thing i see when i wake <laughs> up if that's not motivation i don't know what is you right. get a picture of a hot girl on your phone it's not going to help you yeah, it definitely is. Or or your uh, desktop background either. Or your desktop background. I mean, yeah. I, I and I agree with Elon in terms of his support for Andrew Yang as well, because I thought he was a, a much better candidate than what we have now, personally. Oh, my God. By light years ahead. Light years ahead. And he has my boy. I got my hat signed by him at a rally in, in, in Los Angeles, actually. Nice. Almost got a picture with him, but then he had to leave. Absolutely. I mean, to me, that would be someone who I would want to, you know, run the country who has business business experience, but also he was very realistic and practical and pragmatic with his solutions and policies. So I was like, I thought this would be a perfect blend. Yeah, unfortunately, he was too new and people didn't know him enough. And voters are just hung up on the emotional sale. Mm -hmm. Right. No one wanted to hear logic at that point. Right. But he's, he's doing well. I mean, he finished sixth in the Democratic race, which coming from no one ever knew who the hell he was before. That's amazing, right? He's literally a nobody. And now he has one of the best or most listened to podcasts, and he's gaining popularity. So he says for sure he's he's running in 2024. Okay. Like regardless, regardless of who's president, he says he's running. Nice. And I'm like, hell yeah. Because Joe Biden's not running again. He says he's doing one term, one term president if he wins. That means it's wide open. Very wide in open. In 2024. And uh, maybe Yeezy will make a comeback then as well. That, that would be hilarious. Wow. <laughs> uh, that, that guy needs to get some medical help, man. Uh, again, yes. <laughs> oh, he's, he's gotten it before? He, he does. He has, uh, I think he's on Prozac. And other things for the bi, you know, bipolar disorder. So I, I just hope he gets yeah. the, the care that he needs. Yeah, you know the the problem with him, and I I feel bad for celebrities like that because imagine you're Yeezy, right? Mm -hmm. You live in an absolute bubble. You don't live in real life. You got a team of marketers telling you what to do, what to say, how to dress. You know they got to keep make they got to keep you famous basically because things get old real quick. Mm -hmm. So when you're living when you have bipolar disorder and you're living in a bubble. You don't live in reality and there are no there's no one around you telling you what's real. They're all yes men. 
Yes. Because they all want to just ride on your coattails and be like, oh, yeah, I'm Yeezy's friend. So the closer you, you can get to him, the better your image is to other people. Exactly. So you've got a bunch of people acting like they're his friends saying, oh, yeah, this is amazing. So any stupid idea he, he can come up with, just like running for president, no one around him is going to tell him no. You're going to say, oh, this is an opportunity for me to get even closer. Absolutely easy. You should do it. Yeah, let, let me be your campaign manager, blah, blah, blah. So now all of a sudden everything comes crashing down. And I'm sure he reads his Twitter. And mm-hmm. people on Twitter are not kind. <laughs> no. Right? So that's where you hit reality. You're like, whoa. And yeah, I don't know what happened there, man. He just started crying. And then the whole Kardashian clan turned against him. And yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure what's going on with him. But he needs to do a Justin Bieber and just get away for a while. Yeah. They usually just uh, take a nice sabbatical, a nice little hiatus. And uh, where is he? Montana or Wyoming? What? You know, one of those ranches. One of those places. Yeah. And then I'm curious to get your thoughts as a marketer, a professional marketer at that, about TikTok and the potential takeover by Microsoft. Or I heard uh, Walmart was also getting in the mix as well in terms of uh, interest. Yeah, it's it's a great buy, man. It's a great buy. You're buying data. That's what you're buying. You're just buying a massive list of customer data. Mm-hmm. Um. For Walmart, I can see why they want to do it. They're a brick and mortar store, and they're trying to get into tech. Trying to get into that's that'd be the one of the quickest way to go from zero to one hundred is if you buy TikToks, hundreds of you know millions of customer data, data points and things like that you can take and market to. Mm-hmm. You can market your products. You know their their habits. You know what they're around, etc. I can see from a point of uh, Microsoft, they're the exact same. You know, Microsoft, they don't have really anything like that. They're all hardware and uh, well, with their computers and they use software, but they don't do like social media app, nothing like that. They're seen as like a more old school. So it'd be a way for them to break into the new generation and, you know, have that customer data. Right. Because the closest but, they have is LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. And that's more for business professionals you're not they're not really putting what they're doing every day their likes dislikes that's the front you put on for other companies and people Mm -hmm. but i can only imagine if the government allows them to do it they're gonna have regulators go in and say this data you cannot take because this is illegally gotten this one you can't then they're gonna fight over well i want that data that's why i'm buying this thing man like what it's gonna be a losing me a lot a lot of just data segregation and I can't even imagine the amount of time spent on that. And I can't even imagine what they're going to buy it for. How many billions of dollars? Right now, they're saying around $20 billion, but I feel like that's really <laughs> undervalued. TikTok was around for a year, yeah. right? Like, just about a year or so. Already out of and then, And then the problem is, okay, who are you going to buy it from? The Chinese? Well, are we going to allow a U.S. company to pay a foreign company for the data of its own citizens. Right. That doesn't make any sense. So I, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. There's like a million things I can think about right now that it's going to be a problem, but I get why they're, they're willing to go through the, through the whole, through the whole thing. Absolutely. And then, you know, BitDance is a very prominent company in China as well. So that, you know, even if they sell it as an asset, that would make them more powerful than they'd be like, okay, let's make something else. And I can see them, you know, pivot similar to how Elon pivoted after he sold PayPal 
into something even more magnificent. Yeah. And you know what's funny is, so the entire NASA budget for the U.S. government is $22 million. Really? Everyone thinks, oh, we spent, that's a fraction of 1% of our total GDP. Wow. Now, I'm sorry, I meant of our government budget, not GDP. Imagine if TikTok sells for $20 million. That'd be the literally the entire budget for NASA of the year just to find out, to, just to get people dancing and doing funny stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's unfortunately where we are in society, but it it's popular for a reason, probably with uh, like high school kids and younger. So that yeah. that's also a, a bit of a red flag as well. Like me personally, I would stay away from it if I was a company. Yeah, it's it's and again, it, it's all just to turn people into better consumers. Exactly. That's it. Hyper targeting your likes, dislikes and just turning you into a consumer, man. And Walmart gets it. Walmart will know everything about you. Yeah, that's why. That's why I love Andrew Yang's data is right. Mm -hmm. So if anyone doesn't know what that means, is he's saying that these companies are making they're literally what Microsoft is going to do is give twenty billion dollars to TikTok if they buy them, and all they're worth is your information. Like that's all it is. So why shouldn't you get a check in the mail when they when they make that purchase? Exactly. When Facebook runs ads to you, they're using your information that you that it, that you provided. So why don't you get a cut of that? So what he's saying is that anytime anyone uses your data, you got to get a check in the mail, like a royalty check, and you have to release that data. So let's say Harvard University wants to do a study on like people with prehypertension, and you want to use your information, or let's say they they, they email or they notify a hundred thousand people, hey, we want to use your your information. We have twenty thousand people that we need. We'll pay 150 bucks for your data. Perfect. Okay, here's a check. Here's a Venmo. Here's a Apple Pay. Now you're getting paid for your data. These companies are making all this money, and we're not seeing a penny of it. But we're the data. We're we're what's worth stuff. Exactly, and increasing the value on a secondly basis. I mean, come on. Imagine, imagine you're making 500 bucks a month just from selling your data. Like that wouldn't be bad, man, for what you're already doing, all those cookies you leave on your computers when you visit websites. Exactly. Then imagine you're getting universal basic income, which is like to say twelve hundred bucks a month. Now you're getting seventeen hundred bucks a month. Just stop just just to start. And then add that Tesla in there. <laughs> Woo! Guess that's game over. That's <laughs> you can retire to, to Thailand just with those three things. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. And there's there's a big group of people that are like the the standard companies like the big companies the blue chip stocks that they don't want things to change because they're they're making money hand over fist and then you have a whole other subset of people that said yeah that's not really going to work in the future the stock market when you really think about it is really stupid yeah people are betting that a company is going to do better and then they're getting it's it, there's there's nothing being created right you're not it's a, a stock is not making anything it's just a value and the value is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Right. So it's a net zero sum game. For every dollar that someone loses, someone profits. There's no, yeah, it's, but it makes money, so people like it. Yeah, it makes tons of money and generates mm -hmm. a lot of excitement. And you can make a lot of money very fast if you know what you're doing. But at the same time, you know, you could also lose money just as quickly as well. Yep. So it, it may be obsolete 
very soon. I know people won't be able to fathom that, but in the future, I think uh, things like you know crypto might be more useful and uh, attractive. Yeah, I mean, at what point do you say? Because right now, a lot of the trading is done by algorithms, mm-hmm. not even humans anymore. Right. All right. A human has to look at five, ten, fifteen charts and make a determination based off what's going to happen. Whereas an algorithm can look at ten thousand triggers, ten thousand markers, and if your algorithm is good enough. It will trade exactly when it needs to. And if you're trading $100 million, a fraction, let's just say, like a fraction of a percent is a lot of money. So all these algorithms, they call them the algos, they buy and sell. So as a human, you can't keep up with it. There's no way that you can compete with algorithms. So at what point does NASDAQ say, we got to do something? Mm. Because these algorithms are taking... So let's say a company like Chase Bank makes an algorithm that costs them a million dollars in computer science. Um, you know, they pay computer science a million bucks to make this algorithm, and there's no way I can compete with that. You can, no one can compete with that. At one point, did he say it was pre- it's pretty unfair? Literally, what they're doing is it's like you're driving a, a sports car, and in the next, and you're racing another sports car that's software. Mm. It knows exactly where to turn. It knows it's using measurements to know exactly what the tire, the PSI is compared to the road that's going to be turned using geometry to calculate where exactly you have to turn and using like nuclear clocks to get the exact moment of turning right. You're mm-hmm. not going to beat that because you're using all feel in your body and the way you feel. You can't compete. That's basically what we're doing with the stock market right now. It doesn't make any sense, man. It's retarded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, uh... It's a. It reminds me of the Wolf of Wall Street scene with uh, Leo and Matthew McConaughey when he was like, "It's it's Fugazi, it's Fugazi, it's because they you don't even know you you can't. I mean, you can you can contain it sometimes, but you definitely can't control it, and you can't control people. Nope. And a computer is not emotional, right? A computer knows when it lost, and it will get those losses little by little back over the course of let's say a week or a month. You get a human in there, they're pissed off. They go like, they're like, I got to win this money back. I'll do something that doesn't make sense because that's an emotional trade. Boom, you just lost more money. Gambling. Get, that's it. You get depressed. You get suicidal. You start having domestic abuse problems all because you let emotion get to you. And, and the computer's like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just a computer making money, taking yours. <laughs> exactly. So it'll be very interesting uh, what happens with with TikTok and the government, and I guess how the uh, the White House will will uh, deal with that as it continues forward. Yeah, I know the government's going to want that data for sure. Oh yeah, they want all the data that they can't sell. Get that to get that to the NSA. Imagine what that'd be worth in terms of dollars. I mean, and if they're the ones who determine what they get to keep and what they get, what they give to Microsoft or whoever buys it, exactly. So they get all of it, but you know, only Microsoft or whoever or Walmart only gets a. You guys get a fraction, but we're just gonna we're just gonna hold this for safekeeping. Put it in a, mm-hmm. the digital Fort Knox, if you will, and we'll we'll, we'll take uh, good care of it for you. Yep, and then then the government has as good data as all these tech companies have. So the government's happy. They're like, hmm. Free data, of course. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. And it's all just to find out what you're doing at home in private. That's all it is. It they want the ultimate behind the scenes, and they're and they're using these apps to get that 
information off of. Yeah, it's very true. And I mean, with the, you know, the digital capability of the pixels, like you can even, you know, look at people via the via your television, as we saw in, in Snowden's movie. So yep. things like that. Yeah, the IOT, the Internet of Things, everything's connected. Everything's connected to the Internet. So your computer, your, your refrigerator can listen to you. Your, your, you know, now they have Alexa microwaves. You can talk to the microwave. Your whole house is a speaker, man. It's, they can access anything and listen to you, figure everything out. Absolutely. And I'm, again, it might sound like we're talking about science fiction, but this is already verifiable facts because let's let someone say the, the name Alexa anywhere around Alexa and what will happen. <laughs> yep. And what's crazy is uh, so Amazon just got popped because they were feeding your voice. They were recording everything people were saying and feeding it to a neural network. Oh. So they weren't actually listening to you, but they were just feeding. They were, they were not disclosing the name or location or anything of the, of the people. They were just feeding it to a neural network and the people who were in charge of fixing it were able to figure out exactly who was saying it and what they were saying by like triangulation. So they got, they got dinged with the fine because they like, Hey, you can't do that. That's people talking in their own homes. Exactly. That's a privacy. There's a lot of privacy stuff going on right now. Absolutely. So hopefully Elon can develop something that will prevent things like that from happening. That that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's where blockchain comes in, mm. like blockchain technology. Okay. Or or quantum computing. So quantum computing is uh, it's it's unhackable, right? Because it doesn't use any password. Uh, that's that's how you get in. There's no back door in quantum computing. Every they're, they're called qubits, but and to not get too technical on it, basically right now, everything we do is with, with ones and zeros, as you know. Mm-hmm. It's binary language. You know, a a uh, the letter a could be like zero zero one zero one or whatever, and b is zero one one zero one. I'm not saying that that's what it is, but that's exactly how it works. So all you gotta do is figure that out, and boom, I can get into any system. But with quantum computing. Because of superpositioning, that that any one digit can be a one or a zero. You never know. It will only be one or a zero for that one specific time. The next time you access that information, it could be it's gonna it, you don't know what it's gonna be. Oh. So you can't hack it. It's it's impossible to hack because nothing is ever the same, right? When a programmer writes a program language, until he until he does a software update, that language stays the same. So if I figure out that language, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, but if I'm a hacker and I come in and I'm like, then the entire code's rewritten every time. There's no way I can hack it. Yeah, because I mean, the best hackers to you know hack certain things, it'll take them a couple weeks, a month, and this is like with you know with no sleep, and if they're like completely dialed in Mamba mentality type of thing. Yeah, hack hacking's pretty crazy, man. It's 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 all mental. It's trying to figure out devious ways to get inside. And right. you know, they say that the internet is only about 1% or 2% of what all that's used on the internet. Really? And then the other 98% is the deep web, <sighs> which is what you don't see. Wow. I mean, I've heard about it, never experienced it. Yeah, it's, it's, now you have the dark web, which is probably what most people think about where you can buy like guns, ammo, drugs, you know, children, all that stuff. But then 
the deep web is where all the data is stored, right. meaning all the back end. So all the data of customers, all the credit card numbers, all the all the stuff that's not on the front of the internet, right? What, what, what we see is just information. We just read, 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 see pictures, look at videos. That's all just front end stuff. Everything that's on the back end is a deep web. Mm. Then you have the dark web, which is obviously the dark web. But imagine, so you go on Chase's website, you just see their, their website. Everyone sees the same website. But the amount of data that's stored on the back end, it's insane. Yeah, those servers must be overworked on a constant basis. Yeah. And the amount of heat that they generate, they're actually, they're actually contributing to global warming because of the amount of heat that they generate. It's all electricity. Exactly. So what they're doing now is they're actually, Google's building them underwater. <laughs> they're building data centers underwater. Because you don't have to vent it. The water cools it off. It's just the heat gets dissipated in the water. Wow, that's a brilliant that's idea. Smart. Absolutely. And will it yeah. in, will it increase uh, ocean temperatures or? I mean, if you have enough of them, but no, it's it, it's fine. Nice. But what 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 it will do is uh, it actually increase uh, it, it increases speeds because the hotter something gets, you can't let it get too hot because then it overheats and it fries the you know the the, the transistors, but. So if, if things don't get overheated, you have to slow down the data transmission, bring the heat down to keep working. Mm. But if you're in the ocean, you just let all that heat go up into the ocean. You're good. So you can keep processing things faster. Wow. That's yeah, it's, that's a crazy science, man. Data center storage. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I suggest anyone who's interested in it, it's, it's really cool. The way they even make the ones here on the ground, like on land, the amount of ventilation they have and they have like water and nitrogen flowing through all these crazy tubes that go right around the the servers it's that's a science man it's crazy yeah it's pretty cool i'm not gonna lie i mean and i'm sure whoever supplies that is making money hand over fist as well yeah google and amazon that's <laughs> aws man yeah. amazon web service or web storage mm -hmm. yeah, they make a lot of money from that that's a lot of servers right there. Yeah. And we haven't talked about Starlink. We won't talk about that now, but I will say that for a different one. But that's talking about data information and data transfer and internet. That's game over right there. Exactly. I mean, data mining as well. That's that's a Cisco's neck of the woods where you can make everything faster instantly. Yeah. Data mining is another. Yeah, that's even like mining for Bitcoin. I forget how much how much energy that used they say it could power like a small country with the amount of money that's been going into data mining wow. uh, mining for bitcoin how about that yeah and that was my conversation with josh waring of the creative maestro we hope to have him on again in the future and we hope that you've enjoyed our episode and until next time let's keep growing